things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. So today's going to be a good show because it's going to be educational. And that's something that Dana and I have been trying to do a little bit of. You know, we always try to do something educational on the show, right? A lot of it is politics related um, and just what's happening in the different cities in Volusia County and also with the Volusia County. And a lot of it is also just a number of issues that obviously are near and dear to her heart, which is um, things like development. Um, and what we're doing with master planning in Volusia County and so forth. And then just anything else that comes off. Uh, sometimes I may go in the beginning of the show and I may do a little rant. I don't really have one today. I may save it for next week, but you know, <laughs> only because I want to give you two ladies um, the, the bulk of the time. So before I get into um, a role, right after, I'm going to do my, um, everyone, I'll do the, uh, Oh my God! Oh, housekeeping. Been, housekeeping. It's been a long day, man. It has really. I've been up since super early this morning. So, anyways, uh, Lindsay, if you could, um, what's your last name, Lindsay? Um, Lindsay Pate. Lin- Lindsay Pate is here with us today, and Rebecca Mangali. Mangali is here today as well. What we're going to talk about today is what everybody's been terming as the fuel farm up in Ormond Beach. So let me get my housekeeping out of the way first. So everyone, please do not forget to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe over there, hit the notifications. OG goes to the trouble of making sure the little graphics up there to remind you. Uh, so please go ahead and do that. And every Tuesday morning, early in the morning, it will drop and you'll be notified. And then the best part about it, unlike regular radio, is you can catch it at any point in time. You can stop, pause, whatever you do. I mean, heck, I do it. You know what I mean? When I listen, want to listen to the show again to see where maybe I screwed up or didn't. <laughs> so anyways, and uh, don't forget, we'll also post it on Facebook as well. So if you're already following us on Facebook, just click the link that's usually down below. It's usually just click anyone in the picture, folks, and you'll get it. Um, you'll get it that way. It'll um, bring you over to YouTube, and you can always email us Gonzo at SmokingTruth.live. And uh, I think we do a little something on Twitter, but not as much because everybody seems to follow us more on like Facebook and yeah. so forth. So, anyways, it is where it's usually an older crowd, so it is what it is. All right. That said, I'm also smoking today because I usually like to try and get this out of the way. So everybody kind of, we are the smoking truth and just, I am smoking today a Pan Caliente HVC. OG, you said that's the one you like, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Cigar Hustler family is having, I guess they're doing their, uh, like a, um, uh, what is it? It's an it? HVC event upstairs. HVC event. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just open house. I don't know why I'm thinking that. But anyways, mm-hmm. they're doing an HVC event. And so um, anyways, the Cigar Hustler family, they are uh, an awesome crew over here. Everything from Mike and Mike productions um what they do for us and what og does for us and the guys upstairs it's just to me it's a great family and if you're ever on the west side and you want to smoke a cigar <laughs> you come down ladies to cigar hustler it's the place to be um the the group is just they're an awesome bunch around here so um with that said yeah my pan caliente by hbc that's what i'm smoking today all right that's or as dana would put it that's my lover for today <laughs> and i got my my handy dandy Black coffee, no, folks, not booze, like Dana likes to always insinuate, but no, it's not booze. Uh, Today's my black coffee, although there are times when I do a, a beer or something like that, so just because it may be hot outside, but the weather's getting a little better now. Why not? I mean, you're wearing a, you're wearing a little bit of, like a sweater jacket today. Yeah. So this is fall in Florida. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, oh, okay, so we're there now, aren't we? So, and it's been kind of crappy the last few days with all the. I mean, mm-hmm. don't be wrong. I know I I love the rain, but it's been like a little dreary. It's not the Definitely. sunshine state right now. I just now. came back from New Jersey, and so I was born and raised in New Jersey. And my cousin um, was just married last weekend. He got married last weekend, and I think like the day he got married, when I flew in. Um, it was nice and pretty nice day, sunny out. It wasn't, you know, New Jersey, so it wasn't really high. I think it was like in the high, like mid-60s. But then Saturday comes around, he's getting, and it just like, and I go, oh. This is the reason why I don't like going back up sometimes. Because you ever notice when you get started getting, the fall's beautiful up, up there, up north. But when you start getting closer and closer to winter, it seems like every other day is like just another cloudy day. And mm-hmm. it starts getting depressing after a while. And I'm just like, no, nah, that's okay. I'll take sunny Florida. I always tell people, I know the summers are brutal, but down here in Florida, the winters are the best. They're gorgeous. I mean, sunny every day, pretty much. I mean, the weather is actually really nice. <laughs> just, you know, and something that everybody can deal with and bear. And so uh, anyway, so yeah, folks, if uh, you tell your folks, 
tell family and friends that Florida's a place to be during the wintertime. Maybe not so much in the summer, but during the wintertime, yes. Even in the cold weather, it's still sunny. Yeah. So it's beautiful. No, you feel good. I mean, it doesn't make you feel depressed. I mean, you know, I... I'm not going to get into that part. Anyway, I was going to say something about suicides and cloudy days, but no, that's no, no. maybe not a good idea. <laughs> anyway, so the depression rate. Yeah, rate yeah, exactly. Water. I know, I know. Uh, anyways, all right. So you two ladies are here. I, this is something that she and I touched on about two episodes ago, briefly, a little tiny bit. I wanted to learn more about it. She says, "Oh, I got the right two people for that." For that, and just and so, Lindsay, Rebecca, whoever wants to start, and please, once again, the format is just chime in wherever you feel you need to, add something to it if you need to, because I'm here to learn today. Because I've been reading about it, um, but I don't keep up on it as much as I probably should. Um, and so, I wanted uh, first of all, just introduce yourselves, your backgrounds. And then take me through, and I may queue you up for it, but just take me through the beginning of this whole issue with the fuel farm. I mean, I think it started like two years ago, three years ago, when it, when it started to kind of like morph into something, right? Like staff was, they presented, the, this fo these folks presented staff with something and so forth. So, yeah, about a year ago. Okay. So, Lindsay, if you want, you can start first. Introduce yourself and give us your background. Then, Rebecca, go ahead, my dear. <clears throat> I'm Lindsay Pate. Um, I was born in Halifax. Oh, okay. So, I've had an association with Volusia as my home for All my right. life. Um, I was a teacher by trade for a few years, and now I'm seeing what I want to do in between. But right. I've had my time uh, directed at this fuel farm since I moved back to Ormond just this summer. Okay. I moved to Orlando for a couple years All right. when I got married, and I love Volusia. I love Ormond. It's where I want to raise my children. Yeah. So I felt the need to come back home. Is that where you taught? Was in Orlando area for a little while for, uh, in Orange County? or I taught in Volusia oh, and I did. then I taught in Osceola. When, when did you teach in Volusia? I'm curious. Oh gosh, like 15 years ago. 15 years ago. All right. Yeah, you may have come up. Where mostly? Up north, uh, north end um, of the Volusia? Or? Like Westside Elementary West in Elementary. Daytona. Okay, yeah. All right, all right, all right. And then I actually taught a couple years at Pride over here. Okay. Well, I mean, so my wife used to teach. Oh really? And she was, uh, she was part of the school district for a long time and then she left uh, earlier this year. So, uh, anyways, I won't get into that. But anyway, so <laughs> that's another episode. Uh, that's yeah. a whole nother. That's, yeah, that's a whole nother show. But anyways, uh, all right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate Lindsay. And um, anyway, so Rebecca, please give me your background a little tiny bit. So I'm Rebecca Mangali, mm. and I am an internal medicine physician assistant. I've oh. been practicing for 15 years. So yes, we utilize pharmacies. I write scripts every day. Yeah, Too many. <laughs> um, so. Here, you know, uh, it been in Ormond Beach for about 10 years now, moved from South Florida after mm. finishing PA school there. My parents and brother live in Orlando and just wanted to come up, you know, closer to them, but still had to be driving distance to the beach. Yeah. So. I don't blame you. South Florida's getting crazy over. I mean, it's just, it's so. It was saturated. The last time I was there was just like, and don't get me wrong. I love it. So my, you know, my background is, you know, is Latin. And so my mother, she's Puerto Rican. And so I, every, you know, whenever I, I get a chance to go to Miami, it's awesome because mm -hmm. you get that whole like Latin right. feel. I know everybody feels yeah. like it's like going to a whole nother country, it, Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's always good, but it, it is like saturated big time. I mean, and we can even talk a little bit about some of that stuff that what we're seeing happening in South Florida that you don't want to see happen up this way. Yep. And and I, so part of my background is also I work for the legislature. So there's a lot of issues I see coming across the state and things that we're trying to fix and or put, or sometimes I'll call like put band-aids on. And some of it has to do with South Florida and just because of all the growth. And now we're talking about how do we fight back the intrusion from salt water into fresh water, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we know yep. it's happening. Um, so anyways, I, I'm sorry, Rebecca, go ahead. But yeah, so, no, we'll, no, no. We'll, so we may touch on some of that as well. So too. 10 mm. years been up here. My kids were born at Halifax, oh. um, <laughs> but love the area, have uh, grown to the community, love the resources, love the people, definitely love practicing medicine in this area, and then learned about this and became outraged. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> Okay. Informed and then outraged. Yeah, informed, informed and, and outraged. outraged. Informed and <laughs> These outraged. These are not emotional yeah, yeah, decisions. Yeah. These is, are I like we've that. We've got science here. Good. Scientific uh, so articles. One of the challenges always that I find, right, and so... So my party affiliation is Republican, right? And so everybody always feels as if, like, you know, Republicans don't care about the environment or whatever or... You know, we don't have any, there's no feeling or, or empathy towards what's happening with the environment a lot of times. And I would say that, you know, maybe one could have made the argument 20, 30 years ago, but that could be further from the truth. I think there's, what you're finding is, I think for the longest time what happened was, and I don't know where it happened in our party, right? And I'm not trying to make this a, a, a Republican-Democrat issue, but I'm just giving you my side of the story here. I think what happened was for a long time, man, we got caught up in this 
I think obviously the Republican Party tends to be a lot more pro-business, right, and so forth. And I get all that. And so, and and I always argue that you know many many Republicans are trying to find that balance between growth and then also the environment, right. But I think for a long time. What happened was somewhere along the line, I don't know if the party in, cer- in certain circles got a little more extreme and they were kind of like, oh, you're a tree hugger, right? Mm-hmm. So if you talked anything about the environment, you're already a tree hugger, you're yeah. probably a liberal, mm-hmm. all right? And that mean, and that's not necessarily the case. And so um, anyway, so then come the governor, uh, and, and Dana will kill me for this one, but then the governor comes in and says he's going to apply, like, I think, like $3.2 billion towards a lot of issues environmentally in Florida, right? You know, um, uh, Everglades and everything else, right? So I think that gave Republicans a lot of cl- cover to kind of go, okay, we can start talking about the environment again. <laughs> so, you know, for many in the legislature, I'm going to just talk about state of Florida, right? Right. And so, but what I want folks to understand is that on both sides of the aisle, there are uh, there are plenty of people having conversations about the about the environment. But yes, to your point, Rebecca, I want to make sure that whatever we're doing that we're doing it appropriately with the, with the science that's out there. And, and, you know, the challenge always is, though, right? Because there's always, you know, you have one science and the other science, right? I yep. mean, I know people who are, I, there are scientists you hear about who are talking about, you know, going end of the world with what climate change is happening and so forth. And there are some saying, hey, look, it's not end of the world. I'm not, we're not saying that we probably couldn't be doing a better job in certain instances, but it's not end of the world. And so now you have two, di- two different ide- ideologies here, and some of it may be, I've heard some of it is profit driven. Some of it is, you know, you, you look at professors coming from universities. A lot of them rely on money and grant funding yep. from the federal government. And so there are some who will say that if they don't, you know, toe a certain line, you know, mm. grant funding dries up and then, and there they go. So there is that mentality for some, even from our, on our side who say, yeah, these guys are toting a line because they want that money. And that's what keeps the, the thing going. Right. But yep. I want to have a conversation today about the fuel farm, what the two of you have uncovered over this past year, two years, whatever it is, right? Um, and then going with the science and some of the concerns that not just are impacting those on the east side, especially in the Ormond area, right? but you're feeling it as far as in, on the west side, right? Because there are many of us who have concerns. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, I have concerns. I, I was born and raised in New Jersey. Where when I was flying in, I told my wife, I said, you see that right there? Fuel farms, right? So if you yeah. go to like Elizabeth, New Jersey and Newark, all these big oil tankers are everywhere. And I know mm-hmm. I'm talking quite a bit, but I just, I'm just trying to set the stage for everybody. They're everywhere. And I'm telling you right now, back in the day, they used to smell bad. When you, so when you're driving through, um, yeah. through Elizabeth on the uh, 95 Turnpike going up north, it was bad, man. And if you live close by, you could smell. Now, I know there's probably technologies today that probably, you know, kind of curb some of that. It doesn't always happen. No. Like in Tampa, they have them down there now. And uh-huh. They're still emitting an odor. Okay. Even in Tampa today. We're going to get to that. All right. So, ladies, jump in then right away, please. Let us know how you got started on this and take me through and educate me and the rest and everybody else who's listening on this whole issue with the fuel farms in or- up in Ormond. Kind of piggybacking off of what you just shared. Yeah. With development, I like to take the approach of responsible development, yes. not just mowing over anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this issue is affiliated with either political side. Okay. The fuel farm is not going to care who you vote for no. when something happens. And you are right that this is going to be an issue that affects not only the east side, but the, way, the west side. Wait until you hear the, the numbers that we've been calculating and have verified by a civil engineer about the blast radius. Okay. You will feel it here. Okay. It right. won't just be over on our side. So um, we had a very organic beginning. Yeah. We... We, in general, the, the public found out about the Belvedere Terminal. Belvedere Terminal, that's what through, that, yeah, yeah. Through the mm-hmm. news, um, I think it was the news journal that posted about the air permit being finalized or, okay. or given. And it happened to be after the quote-unquote cutoff date that we, the, the public, mm. or any businesses, could have filed a petition okay. against that air any permit. Any opposition. Any opposition. Right. That just kind of enraged everyone even more because we felt that we didn't even have a chance to know about it. So we met. Um, so the air permit, they would, I mean, let me back up so everybody knows, the air permit they would have to file through the FAA or is that locally? FDEP. Or FDEP. Okay, all right, all right. And it is being petitioned by SR Pro right now. Okay. So we'll, we can jump okay. back to yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's fine, okay, okay. So we found out about it. When you say air permit, I, I apologize. No, so it's, it's not necessarily just flyover, it's the air quality. No, the air it's quality. The air quality. I'm air sorry, okay, okay, yeah. got it, okay. And the, yeah. F, the, the DEP. Although the it. FAA might have something to do with this too because there is an airport 
right there. That, uh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I'm, yeah, so that's kind of why I was thinking for, but yes, you're right. There's yeah. an airport close by. So the, we're talking, they applied to FDE, Florida DEP, Department Department of Environmental Protection mm-hmm. for an air, quote unquote, air quality permit. Correct. Right? Okay, got yep. it. Okay, go ahead. They published it in the Hometown News, okay. which, are you familiar with that? That publication. Oh, hometown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, the one yeah. you get on the end of your driveway. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm very familiar with it. Oh, yeah. I live right here in Volusia. So we don't I know. get it. We don't and get my it. Driveway. Oh, yeah. oh, no, okay. I used to get a while ago. I, I haven't gotten hometown news in a while. Yeah. And maybe it's a subscriber or maybe it's digital. But I'm very familiar with the hometown news. Yes. So we kind of felt misled because mm-hmm. it's a paper that's not, you know, you, you don't you don't even get it. Whether I don't even think, I mean, for me, yeah. I think in 2023, the utilization of newspapers mm-hmm. is very slim, yeah. right? A lot of people just don't even look at them. You're looking at social media outlets. You're looking at web pages, other sources of information. I'll be very honest with you. That's what I do. I go you know, through online so and then, yeah. <laughs> if I get newspapers, I might be using it for an art project for my children or, yeah. you know, some kind of scrap <laughs> paper for my chicken coop mm-hmm. or something. Not no, not going to newspapers, but I'm just telling you, this is kind of where we're it's at today. Where we're yeah, at yeah, today, yeah. Yeah, right? no, I know. <laughs> and, we, and I brought that up at that first county meeting. Mm-hmm. I, I had a copy of the air permit and I said, how does this substantiate as a public, public notice? Because when I called the hometown news to find out why were they chosen, they claim to be one of the larger distributions in Volusia. No, that's not true. Rose amended petition. Somebody may listen and kind of go, oh, no, I'm telling you right now. No, not true. SR Perot caught them (laughs) because when I called them, I said, where are your numbers that prove that? Mm. They said they wouldn't give it to a civilian. They'll give it to a government employee. Mm -hmm. So I called a city level official and a county and I said, your government, please go request their numbers. Allegedly, when they called Hometown News, they said, we're not going to give it to you. You can have an audit. Go find it from the state. So Mm. what I find interesting is SR Pro is using that audit against hometown news to prove that they weren't actually qualified to be a publication for public notice. And I told the, I told the County, you find me when you want my tax money, you send me a bill. Generally speaking. So just so you're aware, even the legislature, like, when we're doing things with local bills, cause they have to be publicly noticed for us in, in, in a delegation meeting, right? Um, what they always recommend to us and they let us know is it should be in a, in a, in a relatively widely read newspaper. If not, you may have to do a public notice in two different, um, uh, Papers, so Mm -hmm. publication. So, for example, the the one that most people would would generally use is a news journal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Lake County, you may use you know the Daily Commercial, which is generally speaking they're pretty broad based, but they're up north. And then you may have another one, a smaller one for down south, just to ensure that everybody understands what's going on. Um, We usually use. I mean, when I say we, because my office, right, for my boss, um, we'll generally use a daily commercial. We may use one more, but it should be generally widely, not in a smaller venue where it's, because that tells me, I'll be very honest, everybody. When you see a public, when you see a a notice, a public notice in a very small newspaper, and I'm not trying to cut into hometown news, but it just is what it is in a smaller venue publication than a news journal. On a holiday weekend. Yeah, that. July 4th weekend. It's kind of suspicious. It's a little suspicious. It's almost like getting something on the agenda last minute, which we'll get into in a second, in a little bit here. I always hold people, at least I've been in government long enough to know when sometimes it happens, unfortunately, it just gets on the agenda last minute because things may have happened, right? But the reality is, is that if if something that's going on, most people who work in government know if they're going to do a... um, if they want to do an agenda, there's a right way to do this. And if it's last minute, it's because they know it's going to be an issue that's usually controversial and they want to kind of, whoosh, you know, get by. So anyways, go ahead. So they had hometown news. Thank you for that bit of information. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> we're learning that yeah, as yeah. the days go by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a group of us organically came together because we're all so close to where this place is supposed to go. Our homes are close. Yeah. Our kids' sports field is mm-hmm. close. My children, our children's school is less than two miles in a radial like geographic zone. You have, uh, what's up? What's the schools up there? There's a Pine, Pine Trail. Pine Trail. Pathways. Pathway Elementary. Riverbend yeah. Private School. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a couple of daycares not too mm-hmm. far from there. Yep. Studio. You've okay. got the, Orga- uh, the Ormond Beach Sports Complex, which is literally... That I'm aware of, yes. That I'm aware of, okay. Children are there every day. (laughs) I live not too far from there, so I hear the noise and I hear the games every day. Okay. So it's a a big concern. And kind of piggybacking on what she said, we met and each of us have different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and bring something different to the table. So for me, it's more of a health perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's this go-getting research person. <laughs> um, but yes, it just kind of meshed together and we all have our own little tidbits to contribute. Awesome. And it, it kind of 
that was the beginning of when we started deep diving. Okay. Because we go, how did this happen? It didn't come out of nowhere. There there was a plan. So we started doing public record requests. Okay. And that's when we discovered that Belvedere had met with both the city Mm. and county about a year ago. Okay. And when we started getting those documents and the city recorded the, 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 uh, planning meeting, um, uh-huh. can't think of the, the acronym. SPRC. That Fight. recording yeah. is, is damning. Okay. I mean, just Belvedere is uh, boisterous. Uh, well, we have, the, we own the FEC or we are associated. We're going to get essentially whatever we want. And do you still have the recording on oh, your phone? I do. Yeah. They, they kept saying we're blow and go. And that's mm. an urban dictionary you know, slang. Yeah. For like we're going to get the job done. Oh yeah. No matter what. No. Yeah. I'm a little familiar with it. Oh so yeah. <laughs> when we started discovering these things, we wanted to make sure that that was brought to light, not out of anger or an, any visceral feeling, but these are our representatives. These mm. are the people that we've elected to serve our public for the greater good. And we, I felt how did you not know? Uh, can I, so can I, I'll, let me just uh, hold on for just one second there. So here's my challenge a little bit, right? So I'm generally speaking a, a kind of a, 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 I'm generally speaking a pro-business person. I think many people are, and some not as much as others, but anyways, but I'm generally speaking a pro-business person, right? And my concern is that you're having, there's these meetings going on and the public's not fully aware. It's not like you're building a bunch of homes. No. That's a whole nother episode, right? And development. And I'm going to cut you off right there yeah. because the way they started their meeting, uh-huh. which they were waiting for someone to come in, because we have all of the audio, like it's public record. So we have the audio from that meeting mm-hmm. and they're waiting for someone to come in. And as they start the meeting, when you say, this is, and this is not verbatim, but mm-hmm. the gist of it is, this is not your ordinary project. This is not a public, public shopping center. This is not a residential subdivision. This is a rail fed fuel terminal yeah. that is going to be fed by rail cars. And you're going to have essentially, you know, as the, the conversation goes on, 160 tanker trucks per day, one truck per seven minutes, leaving this facility where children play on that road, where parents are driving, where school buses traverse going on to us one where we already have numerous accidents. Yeah. And I, now and if you hear that as an official mm-hmm. on any level, that should be a red flag. Yeah. Right. And if you're someone taking minutes or sending an email or a memorandum, are there things that I send in there that you might pinpoint as key data that I should write down? Mm-hmm. Like the amount of trucks, yeah. maybe the amount of gasoline stored. Well, yeah. I mean, all, all that stuff is, so even like in development, right? When they're doing traffic counts. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. So you, I would apply it the same way, but here's, here is where I'm going to kind of deviate a little bit. So if my friends out there want to come after me, that's fine. I'll just tell you where I deviate a little bit is when it comes to something that is potentially environmentally impacting, right? Or in potentially a negative way, right? So let me, I want to I understand this too. So if the fuel farm was going to be somewhere out of the way, I'd still have concerns for the environment, mm-hmm. but course. I also understand too that look, and I even told Dana this, look, I'm not opposed to the idea that, you know, if you have a fuel farm somewhere for pipeline issues, right? So this way, cause obviously Florida gets impacted by hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And so to not disrupt you know, the fuel line, you know, the fuel, the, the, um, the, the fuel supply to Floridians, I get all that. Right. And I do, but if it was out of the way more then let's have that conversation. It yeah. may not be as, you know, it may not be what it is today and they may not have it. You may not stoke as much passion. There's some some from the environment still going to have concerns. I get all that, but my problem with this whole issue here is you're putting this right in the middle, and if you look at the map, it's right in the middle of a neighborhood area. To your to everybody's point here on the table, right, which is that. You got the sports complexes, uh, sports complexes over there. You have a municipal airport that's not that far uh, far away. You have homes on the other side over there of, of and US the same one. Size. And the, I'm same, on the side? same side. Okay, you're on the same side. All right. So you look at all this and kind of go on. And then when we start hearing about 160 trucks a day back and forth, I'm sitting there kind of going, who in the hell is sitting there? And I, if I had a quarter, but I'm just sitting there. Yeah, I'm looking at the map. So Lindsay's showing me the map right now. And this is this, this is when I first started looking at this. I kind of go, who's coming up with this idea? And this, so the challenge is I get it. It may be zoned industrial, but at what point in time does somebody either on city staff or or the city commission kind of go. Or in county. Yeah, and county. or county. Yeah, because county's obviously involved. I look at this kind of going, hey, wait a minute. Is this the right thing? Is there, I would even buy 
hey, maybe we can do an incentive. I get it. You guys maybe own the property, whatever. Because maybe, maybe we can do an incentive to move you guys someplace else. But this is not a good location. This right. is bad for us. Just, just politically, uh, environmentally, just the residents who would go crazy, uh, you know, in the area because you're, you're I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, whether Belvedere wants to admit this or not, you're putting this right in the middle of a, of a community. That's the problem I think everybody's having. And I'm telling you folks, I seen fuel farms, New Jersey is an old state and they put the, they set these, uh, these, these, um, these oil tankers or these, uh, these, um, um, these big tankers to store the fuel, they've had them there for like the better part of like 60, 70, 80 years. And I'm telling you, when I was a kid growing up, when I would go up that route up there with my parents, you could always smell, or if I was going to Elizabeth visiting a family member who may have lived over there, I just, you know, you could smell it and it's just like, oh my God. And you said, you're thinking, oh my, you know, these poor people smell this every day. And I'm happy to hear you say this yeah. because- <laughs> Basically, what you're telling us is that I need to be educated about this fuel farm. There's yes. not, I don't know much about it, but just you listening to, to what we're saying mm -hmm. and seeing this map, you can appreciate the complexities of why that location is not. I'm going to tell you right now, location. most people in the state of Florida were not born in New Jersey. <laughs> And I can yeah, tell you this right now. You know I grew up in New Jersey. A bunch of patients from New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, and I love growing up in New Jersey, but I'm just telling you right now, I know what I saw. And I, and I know they're going to argue, well, technology was different back then. I get all that. But the point is, is that at a bare minimum, then you're talking 160 trips a day through a community with trucks. On coming. roads that are not meant for that. Yeah. You mentioned technology mm -hmm. and, and, and I hate to bounce around all the places, but everything is connected. And, you mentioned the idea of, um, you know, the opposition to the opposition of the yeah. fuel farm. I am not against fuel. I yeah. Me neither. Fuel. I drive a Suburban. Right. Yeah. We drive, no. <laughs> drive fuel-based cars. But when we talk about responsible development and trusting our, our representatives to do their due diligence mm -hmm. at what's getting slid across their yeah. desks and the meeting memorandums that they might not have attended yeah. but should have known about, that's what we're talking about and making sure that they're not asleep at the wheel that we can trust the process. And when you talk about technology, what's scary about Belvedere is Belvedere has never built a terminal spur yet. They are owned by Grupo Mexico, okay. which is a foreign LLC. Yep. Grupo Mexico has a history of EPA violations up the wazoo to the tune of $460 million in counting. In fact, they had one of the largest uh, bankruptcy EPA cases they have a horrible track record in, in Mexico too. Okay. They've never built this and they're touting that it's safe and they're gonna use brand spanking new technology and the real cars are gonna make sure nothing slips. You know where they got that real car picture from? Right. I Google reversed it. They don't even own it. It's like a Wikipedia picture. Oh my God. So you can't tell me it's safe and effective <laughs> if you haven't even built one yet and they wanna bring allegedly 10 terminals. I'm not against fuel, Yeah. but we've gotta be intelligent and methodical responsible yeah and miss risk mitigation is important and the fbc does own that land and that's the fight that they're saying right now but what about all the other landowners so what's happened yeah so what's happened i guess since in the year kind of give me so just highlight some some basic points along the way as to what transpired because obviously now you know, uh, now the commission, obviously, you know, and even the mayor has even said, hey, no, you know, we don't we're not going to provide because I know there has, there's a utility issue as well, too. Correct. So we can get in. We can, we can get into that in a little in a little bit here. But what's transpired? Give me some high some high and low points a little bit that transpired over to, that people may not be aware of that happened quietly. And then you that you two are, are definitely okay. with others are uncovering little by little. So one of our co-collaborators, mm -hmm. Alina Craft beautifully made this timeline and it's available on the website, um, protectormanbeach.com. Mm -hmm. um, June 22nd, 2022, city planning development met with Belvedere. That's okay. that meeting that we referenced. Site um, plan review committee. Okay. July 6th, the business next to them, July 6th, 2022, Halifax submit, Halifax paving submits a pre-application to redo some of their own property. Yeah. Kind of opens the door for some of the zoning. They only wanted two and a half acres to build a small like office space building. Right, okay. uh, and, but this opened the Pandora's box for zoning issues that yeah. we're seeing now. October 1st, 2022, Halifax paving submits their application. March 1st of this year, Belvedere applies for an air permit. March 2nd, 2023, Halifax paving gets annexed. June 8th, 2023, there was a public hearing on land use amendment and the creation of the I-2 Heavy Industrial District. Then July 7th, the notice to an, of intent to issue the air permit in the hometown news went out. July 18th, 2023, 
There was a public hearing again on the land use ordinances. Then we jumped to July 21st, 2023. The public comment period expires for that air permit with the DEP. August 1st is when the final air permit was issued and the City Commission of Ormond Beach unanimously approved the land use amendments. They they were saying that they had to because they annexed Halifax Paving's acreage in okay. from county use. Mm-hmm. But we're still trying to get a, why? a read on why they added fuel farm terminology to that heavy industrial definition. That was not there before. Now, okay. our big our big question mark right now is really not the city of Ormond Beach. They seem to have a very strong stance now. Yeah. Now. Their, now. Yeah. Our, because on the first meeting that mm-hmm. this came to light, essentially we were told this is a moot point. You're barking up the wrong tree. Right. Okay. Where you need to go to the county. Not the city. The city is only responsible if there's annexation. It just kind of seemed like, well, we were wasting our time. Let me stop you right there. Who technically, where, so the, the jurisdiction of the land in question, is it city proper, Ormond Beach, or is it county? It's county, county currently. So I understand, so I would understand where they're coming from a little bit. And this is this is one of the challenges that most you know folks have, just in general, right? When they don't understand the difference between who owns what or who's mm-hmm. responsible for what. Uh, yeah, it could have a postal zip code that says Deltona or Ormond Beach, but it may not be the city proper. It may be county. That's an incorporated area. And so, mm-hmm. to their point, one could argue, okay, maybe something should have happened earlier with staff, you know, talking to somebody saying, "Hey, look, we need to be careful with this um, because this is mostly going to fall in on the county." But because we are the city, and there, there may be some annexation pieces that come in, we need to be very, very careful. But to your point, to, to the conversation, I want people to understand that that I want to. I'm trying to give the city a little bit of a pass because, to, to a certain extent, I understand that their their hands may they may feel like they're tied. Someone could have caught it earlier. I agree, but their hands may have been tied. Saying, and telling everybody, yeah, you guys are probably coming to the wrong people. Like by the time this comes to us, it's almost going to be a done deal. Let's say, right. for example, because mm-hmm. the county's the one that's going to handle all this. So, all right, I'm I, sorry, Rebecca. I, go ahead. I understand that they had to have met with Belvedere, mm-hmm. but what we're asking for now, and the city has said that they're going to look into it, is when you have an I two heavy industrial zone mm-hmm. pre permit meeting. Okay, that should be handled differently. In your public's plazas. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. And that's a 2020 perspective. Yeah. But we want the same thing from the county. Yeah. Because it is on them right now. Yeah. Um, like I and said, kind or, of piggybacking or backtracking mm-hmm. to what we were saying before, if you listen to the audio from that meeting, mm-hmm. you're sitting here as a person from the outside kind of looking into our area. Yep. And your concern already is the residents, the yeah. people that live there, the children that play at the yep. park, right? None of that was said or brought up during this meeting, which was shocking to me. Mm. Things that came up were, well, you might not hit the requirements of tree necess- trees necessary for the 50% limit on your property because of the agricultural the, the yeah. requirements. Or you might hit some issues with wetlands. Or the, one of the biggest things was the road might not be able to handle it. Yeah. But not once was there a concern about the welfare of the people, the people yeah. who live there, the people who own homes, the children who play there. The retirement community. The, the school board. They are affiliated with the sports complex. Yeah. So where you all live, is that county? Or is it, or I'm you, county. You're county. She's city. city. You're city. Okay. All right. All right yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're within a half a mile. Uh, point eight from where the proposed site, I think you I'm might point be six as the crow yeah. flies, but there's okay. homes that are even closer that bear Creek 55 and older community. Yeah. Is they're mobile homes. They're backed up to that road. Really? They're very, very close. Yeah. Oh my God. All and right. They're scared. I, you know, listen, I'm not trying to, and I want to understand something because the, for, one of the first thing that you told you, the, the two of you told me was that you want to try and, come at this from a kind of a just a scientific logical right. perspective not so much emotional, emotional. Um, and obviously there is a little bit of a obviously and so just so yeah. I can disclose there's I know that it seems like there's a bit of a bias because the two of you live very close right, over there right. but I would argue that if it were happening to me I'd be a little biased too but then it, but how you how you counter the argument is by coming by with the facts and saying this is so where we are fact. yeah so um, Explosion is obviously a risk. Mm-hmm. I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. Okay. I work in medicine, but I've taken physics classes before. So I've asked, I proposed to the city. I said, you know, can we possibly speak to a civil engineer company or some company 
some personnel who can come up with a estimated blast radius of what would happen if this thing was to blow. Yeah. Right. Because you've got various types of explosive, gasoline, jet propane, fuel. jet fuel, yeah. all these things. I think they're also pro- aren't they proposing that like natural gas on site as well too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So you have all of this there. Mm-hmm. So did some research. And obviously, it depends on the type of vessel that the uh, gas or product or petroleum yeah. product is stored in, right, yeah. or housed in. So because there's no actual information of what these containers are made of, mm-hmm. um, how much energy they absorb, we have to give estimations, yeah. right? So blast radius takes into account if something was to blow and it's in a container versus open, how far will the particles, the debris travel, Right. Mm. So calculate it. How to engineer verify it. Would you want to guess what that radius would be? I would venture to say probably about two miles, three miles, maybe. Yeah. So it's more like eight to 35 miles. Really? Yes. And that was verified by engineer. Now, we can't give an exact radius because we don't know exactly what container materials are used. Yeah. But you'll see ranges from two to 35 miles. Yeah. That's the particle. That's not the, the smoke cloud, the plume of smoke or anything So like w- that. once you get past the initial blast, obviously there is a particle, almost like even like when a when a bomb goes off, right? It's just the initial impact, the site itself, the immediate site, and then it's everything else out after that, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the blast zone is a- Let's use, say it, that yeah. there is a stainless steel tank holding this gasoline. Mm-hmm. When it explodes, yeah. that those particles from that explosion- some of them, depending on what the material is made of, yeah. can go as far as 35 miles. That's you guys. That's yeah. you guys. I was no, 30 miles away. So I That's used to, Flagler <laughs> County. I used to live in Californians where they had the wildfires. I mean, you'd have to be more than, if you were even at 70 miles away, you know, I remember being on Camp Pendleton. Let me tell you something on the base over there. And you're still getting that smoke, even from 75 miles away. And it was just kind of like, you're taking your t-shirt, put it over your nose because you didn't want to breathe it in. So could you imagine now that's, that's natural wood burning or whatever's happening over there right now imagine this is oil burning right now can you imagine being in in, like so for example one of the major challenges we had in the iraq war was after saddam started blowing up all the the pipelines as he saw he was losing that was a major concern for the military and for the and and individuals in the military right Mm -hmm. because they were being exposed to that and now years later we're paying a price for that i mean unfortunately it is what it is i'm not going to rehash the you know the iraq war back in the day but that's that was a real thing You you have military members now to this day suffering with some of the consequences of breathing in all that all, all the fumes from the oil and everything and else so like that. And so that's yeah. what I brought yeah. to the table is scientific literature. Yeah. Um and I've done, you know, I've looked at the research. We know that there's risk of being exposed to mm-hmm. the fumes, the vapors from gasoline or byproducts or any of the additives that are in okay. these things. Years ago when they used to mix lead with gasoline, you mm-hmm. know, we had issues back then. Um so there is a higher likelihood of childhood leukemia. Mm-hmm. from children who are exposed to gasoline products. So like you keep harping on this smell, this yeah. smell, this smell. Our kids are going to be out there playing on the soccer complex, yeah. on the sports complex, sorry. They are going to smell those fumes. I live very close. They live very close. Yep. Lots of people are going to be taking that in. You already have a strained healthcare system in this area because of whatever various reasons. And it's not just in this area, it's nationwide. Yeah. On average, I think now it's taken about 3.9 weeks to get in with the primary care provider. I think yeah. Florida is over close to five, yeah. right? So respiratory issues are gonna go through the roof. Yeah. Various cancers, you have a higher likelihood of uh, stomach cancer, lung cancer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- the risks are there. Yeah. You know, the studies have shown it. Now, granted, we need to have more extensive studies on these things, right? But our data is there that says health consequences exist. Rebecca, because I, w- I want to be fair, right? And so let me ask you a question. When we talk about, because I also don't want to seem like I'm, it's doom and gloom and whatever, right. right? So on the blast issue, correct? How many fuel tankers, these storage tankers, how many of them, or what's the history on that as far as them either blow, you know, blowing or just some sort of seepage or whatever case may be? What, what do we have out there for folks to go on? Because I don't want to seem like we're just, I, I hear so, your point right. and, and, and I, want to be, I want us to be cognizant of that, but I also want people to have a little bit of understanding the history so I can be, kind of be fair to both sides, so to speak. So, so. unfortunately, we can't have that data or what's going on mm. unless it happens, right? So okay. we've seen in Louisiana where you've had facilities 
cities that have caught on fire, whether it's a refinery okay. or those kind of things where it's not exactly the same. I don't believe that I found anything so far that says a fuel terminal has exploded, okay. right? A fuel farm or storage facility. However, the risk with lightning in this area yeah. exists, right? You have airplanes where student pilots are flying out of mm. 200 odd flights per day, yeah. right? A plane could go down. Yeah. It is right in the trajectory of that within that one mile radius of what is the most dangerous point of takeoff and landing, yeah. right? Um, so I don't have any of that as far as what happens, but we did at the city meeting have a someone who spoke the other night mm. who came from a town, I believe it was Amali, Amelie, Pennsylvania. I'm not okay. certain if I'm saying it correct, but there was a fuel farm explosion there. Okay. And the farm itself was housed away from residents. Okay. And he mentioned almost, I think a 30 mile radius mm -hmm. and there were three deaths from it. If okay. I remember him speaking correctly, those were the people that worked there. Okay. But there were eight others that were in the surrounding area that got severely injured, but for 30 miles plus those, the people in that community felt the effects of yeah. that explosion. And it was somewhere that was not as heavily populated as this proposed area. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So it was a little bit out of the way. However, it, there was still some residual effect from all that. If you take something like that and let's say it happens, it were to happen in the Ormond area, there is a greater potential impact because there's so many residents and things that are happening Correct. in that general it's, vicinity. It's not yeah. just the, the actual physical tanks that we're concerned mm. about with the safety. And in reference to that, the mm. technology that Belvedere claims are going to use yeah. is self-monitored. Okay. And these are equations that are made by their own lobbyist groups because yeah. they will release fumes and VOCs every day. Yeah. They were permitted to release, I believe it was 33 tons a year permitted okay. and then that's without any accidents we're also having to take into account the accidents with the tankers mm -hmm. the 167 approximate tankers up and down us one i mean imagine bike week yeah and you have 167 tankers coming down us one down whole road that has no infrastructure for that with no stop line and that's why i go back to the earlier comment that i made and just what we've been talking about a little bit is is it the right location because right to, the, to your lady's point there's a lot that happens in the Daytona, what we all classify as the Daytona area, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I live in the west side, but even at that, I still feel the impacts of Bike Week over on the west side because mm -hmm. the motorcycles right. are all over the place. So we already have issues with accidents, unfortunately, with all the bikers that come to the state of Florida, especially when they crowd on in Daytona Beach. So to add to that, and there, I know for a fact they're riding all up and down US one, besi besides ninety five, but they're riding through um, through ninety five um, through US one for whatever reason. I know that there's not too far from there. I don't know if it's still there or not. There used to be the old Harley. The, the Ross Meyer Harley that is still there. Is, is, it's Teddy, um, it's owned it, by somebody else. But it's now. a motorcycle shop, right? Destination it, Daytona. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of activity. Iron that's, horse. Yeah. There's yeah. Exactly. So there's Broken a spoke. yeah. So there's a lot of activity that's already happening in the air with bikers. So can you imagine now? I know that the state of Florida is growing, and I know that there's more and more cars coming and getting on the road. But but with something like this is definitely a little more sensitive than just cars. We're talking about trucks, 160 trips a day. They're bringing fuel, and on what rails. that is. Yeah. On okay. On rails. So we've got that other layer of transportation with the rails and what hasn't been addressed by Belvedere is the fact that they actually might block airport road depending upon how long their tanker train is. Okay. Even though they're going to have a spur, mm -hmm. it actually might block airport road. And okay. what if something happens or whole road, like we might yeah. not be able to get even to our kids games if everything was okay. There was a okay. safety issue. Yeah. On a normal day, it took an emergency response team, I believe 17 or 19 minutes to respond to the field's when a child there was having a medical emergency. Okay. Now imagine the trucks and the trains. And when we talk about the accidents, if you start digging, you'll see there's actually a lot of spills yeah. with terminals. You know what I'm hearing a lot of? I, I mean, the cut you off. Train derailment is yeah. huge. You know what I'm hearing a lot of? <laughs> this is, I'm not, I'm not some sort of like high IQ individual, but I'm just telling you right now. It just seems like there was a lot of lack of thought. Correct. Going into Correct. all this because you all are highlighting some of the issues that look, they may not happen day one, but that potential is always there. And to your point, Lindsay, um, the issue of if you're already having because I know the area and it's I know it's a little bit out of the way, but you're already having a certain time of response. Can you imagine the, uh, that response time um, increasing because of other factors now because there's a fuel farm there and, and so forth? And if you're talking there's a blockage there. Uh, you know, to me, it just seems like there needs to be better coordination. If, I don't know if this thing's going to happen or not. Right. We'll see. And obviously, you're all going to continue the fight. But whatever happens, what I'm always just looking for 
especially something as sensitive as, as this. Like, like I said earlier, building a, building homes is one thing. It's a whole other issue, and I get it, and it, it's still concerned from trip counts and everything else, and all the same factors are still there as safety. But this one, for me, is a little more heightened because of the of the cargo that they're moving, right? And then and where they're doing it exactly. And so that just seems like to me that there needs to be a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation happening between Belvedere, the county, the city, and the residents. The state government? Yeah, and, and probably yeah. state government. They've but been very quiet. But more so, but so what I'll just tell you is, and, and look, I'll just say from the state side, when these permits come through, they're just, they're, you know, what they're going is, okay, hey, did they check the box? Right, because locally they're gonna they're gonna. I'm gonna tell you what the state's gonna argue. Hey, that's a you guys issue. Either you want it, or you don't want it. If they meet the criteria for this air quality stuff and whatever else, we'll just sign off on it because that's why we have state and local governments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, if it was something where the state where there was a number of these fuel farms popping up all over the state, and then there was a major concern, then the state's gonna come in and say, okay, we need to start enacting a law that's gonna cover a certain thing because now it's statewide in in, in nature, right? But when it comes to something like this that's very localized, right, until... Well, it, they've got other proposed sites within the state. Ten, Do that. You know, ten yeah. different terminals. So you've got... They've so I'm just throwing out Fort there, folks. Pierce, Pay attention. Melbourne, <laughs> Miami. Miami. Yep. Fort Pierce. So. They, the, Belvedere is almost doubled down because initially it was $250 million. Now and it's 750 Now it's 750 And when we talk about the airport, it's mm. not just seasoned pilots. These are Embry-Riddle students mm-hmm. that, you know, they're learning and accidents happen and... Deeper in this issue, I find disturbing is that we've allowed a foreign entity to buy a railway. Yeah. And I think that we know that not everyone makes safe choices. Yeah. And we've opened ourselves up to not only just the risk of what's coming in on that, yeah. but mitigating what happens after. If something happens, yeah. Grupo Mexico can literally wash their hands and we will never have any restitution at all. Well, the cha- yeah, and I'll tell you the challenges right now too, is that, and look, I have no problem with foreign, foreign investment in our country. I'll just, but I will say this though, there is always, you always, t- there's a certain risk and liability you're taking when you have outside investors, meaning foreign investors outside the US who are coming in and it's so much harder to hold these individuals accountable. Right. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it time and time before, and it's something that I, from time to time the state is trying to figure out how to um, deal with these, some of these issues on a, on a statewide level. But yeah, it, it can become very difficult. Like it's not just about holding Belvedere, which is you know more local, what I mean by US bound. But if the true top of this is Grupo Mexico, if something were to happen, yeah, Grupo Mexico is gonna be, it's gonna be very hard to get a hold them accountable. I can tell you that right now, very hard. I'm not some, saying it's impossible, but it's gonna be very hard. Right. If you want some bedtime reading, please, Google their history and you yeah. will find why we are so concerned. And I want to share that we, we I, we're trying to get the narrative out there. We want people mm. to understand where we're coming from. And I feel comfortable with some of the responses from the, some of the local government. Mm. We're looking for more from our county. Yeah. yeah. The last few meetings feels like I'm at Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. I know there's going to be, you know, headbutting. We've got to make a stand and we need them to make a public statement within reason. I understand yeah. that they're, that's their jurisdiction. I understand that there's things that they're doing behind the scenes. I yeah. get that, but there needs to be a unified voice on that because I don't feel that it's being represented. And we also need, we've been writing continuously to our state legislation and mm-hmm. Tom Leake has made a statement and he he's on this side. Mm-hmm. I understand Governor DeSantis is doing his thing right now. Mm. Very quiet. In fact, Haven't it's almost been much. impossible to get in touch with anybody from his circle. And that's where it's yeah. kind of like, I, you can say, okay, it's a local thing. 10 terminals coming to Florida yeah. is not just a local thing. And I understand the fuel initiative and after hurricane, I get it. I like yeah. that, but we have to do it within reason and well, thought. Well, kind of going off this whole 10 terminals coming and in, improving the supply of gasoline to the state mm. and all these, uh, there's talks. There's one thing yeah. that I want to put out there that is that I've heard people say, well, it's going to lower our gas prices. Yeah. So there are few, there's a fuel terminal that just got popped up in Dickinson County, Tennessee. I searched their fuel prices last night because I wanted to give accurate numbers if my computer will come on, but their average might've been $3 and 30 cents. Let me see. Hold on here. Finally came up. You're not, you're Burns, not. Tennessee. Okay. 
Titan fuel terminals, the gas price per gallon is $3.29. Seems like the same price over at Sam's Club in, in Daytona. Yeah. You're not right? you're not going to get, my experience has always been this, as someone who keeps an eye on some of these things, and just and I have a cousin who deals in international markets, and when it comes to a, a wide a range of things on investment, foreign investments, and I will tell you that the, and, and if you don't know, people should know this, the reality is that that's controlled on the open marketplace, right? Thank so you. beyond, so yeah, the county government may throw a, a, a tax a here. Tax, the federal government right. has a tax here. I'm not saying that if you, uh, the only time the gas price really starts to hit, if there's a, a some sort of a crippling or a, a big enough hiccup within the supply line of trucks coming into Florida, whatever, right? But I don't, this is not going to impact like, oh, we're going to go from right. 350 to go ahead and 250. And it doesn't work that way. You may get a, a five cent bump, you may get a five cent bump down, but that may be more controlled by the open marketplace and what's happening in open marketplace with the price of per barrel is, right? And there's a lot of the factors that go into the pricing of all that stuff as well between crude and everything else. So I'm right. not going to get into all that. But my point is, is that them having them using or somebody using that argument to me, I'm going to call for what it is. I think it's a little bit BS because they're, that impact is not the same that I think, and it's going to give the illusion for a lot of folks. That right. Go, oh, and that's one guys, of the yeah. big misconceptions yeah. that I'm hearing out there is that, well, this is a great idea because our gas is going to be cheaper. No, if you just research where gas prices come from, 56% mm -hmm. is from the cost of crude oil. Yeah. You've got 14% coming from some taxes, other distribution, 16% yep. state and local government. I mean, it's there's way more to it. It's yeah. not going to be this simple. There's already no. 30 fuel depot areas or, or distrib distribution areas in Florida. Mm -hmm. Six of them are in Jacksonville. Okay. Is their gas significantly cheaper in Jacksonville? Yeah. I wanted to point out one yeah. thing kind of, so speaking of this, so there's a place called Cancer Alley in Louisiana. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, okay. but oh my God. <laughs> so Cancer Alley is 85 mile long area along the Mississippi River in southeastern Louisiana between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Okay, And so there's a lot of petroleum refineries and all these various things. Granted, there may be not just be specific fuel farms, but all petroleum products mm. and stuff there. Guess what their cancer rate is compared to the average U.S. citizen? No, go ahead. 50% higher. Wow. Wow. 50% higher. And they have all those refineries there. Guess what their gas price was as of September 27th? Three dollars and eighty nine cents a gallon. Yeah, but they're I, paying again, the price of cancer I, I, at yeah, fifty. Yeah, I know. So they, yeah, I was just, yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if the return on investment is there one hundred percent. But like, listen, that's. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm entrusting you ladies and others who are involved in this to kind of keep us um, abreast on, on what's happening there. Where So where are we at at the moment? I know you mentioned that right now the fight, I guess, is or the, the case is being, has to be made towards the, the county side the now. The pressure is on the county. Okay. We've seen the city step up. We've seen S.R. Perot okay. hire their own attorney at a I've town heard, I've, heard, I've heard others have jumped on. I think the school district is, trying, is, look, is doing something. I, I heard I, through the grapevine. I don't think we've had any major nothing's come from the school school district yet they said that they're going, going to or they, i heard they were looking into doing something right. legally hope, as well I hope yeah potentially they had concerns with to your point earlier the ball the the, the complex is there with state but it's also uh, their concern i think to, too is also the bus routes mm -hmm. which might yeah and, yeah for the for the two schools that they service up there and i know there's private school issues up there as well too potentially with mm -hmm. all the trip stuff so i um we need the county just to, to step up and and not be afraid. We we've seen this narrative even with the city, and they changed it. At first, they mm -hmm. were like litigation, where, you know, we might be facing something that we're not sure if we want to do that yet. And we've seen them stand up from that and yeah. go, we're not going to allow it. We feel comfortable with our legal ability. Here we are. Let's let's make a stand. So we're really putting it on the county. And as far as what we're trying to do, we we do have a site protectormanbeach.com protectormanbeach.com okay it's, it's it's informational it's not okay. emotional anytime we find something or discover some document or or recording everything is there and every contact from local all the way up to state you want their email or phone number we've put it on there we've got our news updated on there we've got an email going on there and the biggest thing is we are unified in power when we come together with our yeah. voices and we we need to continue that now i i don't want to be aggressive necessarily yeah. in, our, in what we're doing, but we need to keep going. We need the momentum. Yeah, yes, no, you know? I would, so listen, one of the reasons why is we, I gotta, I gotta start wrapping things up over right. here. What I'll just tell you is that one of the reasons why I wanted you all on, and I told Dana about it, we commented, she said, oh, I got the perfect, you know, two to come on the show, was because I wanted to educate myself a little bit more on this. And, and, and the reason why is because my initial thought was, 
no bueno. Right. <laughs> Not a good idea. I, I just, I saw the area right away. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going back to my childhood in New Jersey. Like I didn't grow up next to these things, but I don't want, I know I'm beating a dead horse a little bit with, with my commentary on it, but it just, you know, it, it, when I was growing up in the seventies and eighties, you could, whenever you drove by, you could clearly smell it. it and it was annoying. You. Yeah. It was just, a, it was just very annoying. And so, you know, and then once again, I'll go back. Yeah. I know we, you know, we're light years ahead now and we're saying, okay, fine. The technology may be a little, may be a little better, but you've also have uncovered the fact that Belvedere has probably never done something like this on this scale. Potentially humans make errors. Yeah, no, it's I not, agree. And just a couple things I want to throw out before we get off. Yeah. So you have the airport there. They're looking at a potential airport expansion. So mm -hmm. you now want to expand an airport where the flight radius is going to go right over this proposed site. Yeah. Those planes already are using, they're the smaller planes. So they still use yeah. jet fuel that has a lead, lead additive in it. Yeah. Releasing that into the air that we're breathing in. Now you're going to add into that, the fuel terminals, right? Yep. And then no one has brought up, Hey, what about the noise impact on society? Yeah. Noise pollution is real. People suffer health consequences because of that yeah. high blood pressure, diabetes, post-traumatic stress disorder, major depression. I mean, those, those quality things exist. Life. Quality of life. It, yeah. it exists. So I want to, so I want to understand something. The best part about this show, once again, is you can always go back. So obviously there's a timeline that you ladies have built up already on this whole issue that's transpired from the last year to where we're at now today. It looks like there's some definitely some um, some blockage happening at the city level. Um, I think everybody kind of, I think once everybody started doing a little bit more of a deep dive, I know there was some concerns because they felt like, I know there was a meet, one meeting where residents felt like, the, you know, the, 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 the elected officials weren't kind of responding in kind or just whatever it may be. But it looks like the city's getting on board because they're realizing this, is, this may be end up being a bigger problem than we think. So there seems to be some sort of blockage there. They're doing it the best they can. I also understand too that there is an issue of annexation because mm -hmm. now there's a, there's a, there's a seems to be a little bit of a fight going on because the city's saying, hey, we're not going to supply the utilities over there mm -hmm. with that Belvedere needs and wants, and that would then you know, and that also then triggers annexation potentially and so forth. So. That's a whole other issue there. So there may be something there. But I would argue to everyone, please listen to the show. Listen to what they have to say. I, I'll go back. I have my own general concerns. Um, but you listen to the show. You decide. I think that, uh, what they're bringing to the table has merit. I think everybody needs to put the pressure on at the county level to have that debate. If anything else, let's have that debate. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, I'm completely against this. And so I, I want you all to go ahead and see, you know, completely be against it as well. Listen to what they're saying. Go, th go to their website, protectormanbeach.com. There's a lot of information on over there. And then go to the county level and start having that debate on, because it just seems like I said earlier, like there needs to be a lot more conversations happening about what they're proposing over there that is general concern for me it just right. in general i'm only one person may but hey. i add that yeah this is going in our backyards but right. i would fight the same for anyone over here yeah this is one county yeah this is one people and again the thought process it was the due diligence wasn't done and i would have the same fury for if yeah. this was going in your backyard over here I on the West. and i would yeah. encourage the people who live in deltona deland mm. or in city those areas go to the county meeting and find out Hey, exactly how far is this blast radius? Yeah. You know, has anyone actually looked at that? I've heard, you know, two to 35 miles. Do we know more on this? Because I may be more impacted by this than I initially thought. Yeah. Maybe I care about it more than I thought I did. I just, you know, and so, and that's what an issue there. I just, to me, as just a Volusia County resident, I want to see better for our county. And I'm not saying that this is I'm not saying this is 100% bad. I just, it's bad for the, I think, for that specific area. Right. It may, it probably should go someplace else in Volusia County, way out of the way. But as just as a, as a Volusia County resident, we all live here together. You guys are my neighbors. And so I just, that that's my general concern is just, and it's environmentally a little bit, I'm not, a, trust me, I'm not an eco-warrior. Dana knows that 100%. But I do have some general concerns about this particular um, issue here and, and, and the impacts. And I say this, I've always said this on the show. I'm careful or at least trying to be careful because Florida is unique. Mm -hmm. It's not like like the other lower 48 or even just the, the, the other general 49, right? Or the other lower 47. 
Florida is unique. We have one of the greatest treasures that you can you don't find often in the world, which is our big Florida and aquifer. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that concern me. And just even with development in general, I'm not anti-development by no means. Right. And people who know me know me well enough to know that I'm not anti-development. But there is a I do have a concern that if we grow too fast without having some sort of technologies back it up or figure it out or master plan certain things, it can get a little haywire and we'll be paying for it for years. And mm-hmm. this, I think the same thing is, um, is I think should be apparent for most with this potential fuel, fuel farm. So anyways, with that said, we got to hang it up. Um, we are out of time. That I, I wasn't sure. I was thinking, man, we may have to cut off a little early because a lot going on today and I wasn't sure, but man, there's a lot to unpack over here. And please, I encourage everyone strongly, please go visit the website, protectormanbeach.com. Talk to these ladies if you need to um, and, and listen to the show. Go back and forth if you need to. And, and like I said, they have a timeline here, how this all transpired. And I think people need to get to the county and start talking to the county of, uh, representatives as well. So with that being said, everyone, Dana and I always like to close out. And so if you don't mind, I'll do If it's important to you, then just say if it's important to us. Okay. So everyone, please don't forget because if it's important to you, it's, it's important, important to us. us. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Take care. <laughs>